Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. He thought it was going to be the Hillary snuff film, but... Turned out it was Epstein dying. Hint, hint. <laughs> or getting reconstructive surgery and going to some island owned by Walt Disney's frozen head. Uh, probably. Hello, people. Hi. <laughs> it's a mini episode. Oh, I thought you were going to clap. I was waiting for a... No, we got the clap in the beginning to line stuff You got up. the clap? I can move stuff. Yeah, I got the clap. <laughs> Now this is the start of an offshoot of episodes where you get one topic instead of mm-hmm. two. It has no name as of yet, but one day it will, and you'll know it when you see I think it. Generally, our thoughts on that were um, topics that we wanted just attention to, like specific things, you know, like important things. Yeah, or just like if there was, some, was something that didn't have enough mm. meat. For like a full segment, you could like do like a mini episode, but also the mini episodes don't have to be mini. They might be an hour and a half if someone needs it. Well, what are you? Where are you taking us? To MK Ultra McGill University in Quebec. Ooh, Quebec. Yes, land of the French ah. people. And <laughs> shitty poutines that taste like fucking fish. So the fries are cooked to the same fryers, fishes, and I don't agree with that at all. This sounds like the same conversation two uh, tourists, two tourists could be having at a dive bar in Quebec about a woman they met. Jeez. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't mention a lot of hair, though, so. Yeah. French people. Probably not. French. (laughs) <laughs> Mind control, uh, let's, yeah. let's go there. So shall I begin? Well, actually, I guess Epstein's dead, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Quote-unquote dead. <laughs> you sound, are, are you playing a character right now? Is that is that the tone you're going no, for with I'm this whole thing? I'm playing me, myself. Just me. <laughs> no, you had me convinced that you'd been mind-controlled. No. I figured... I figured maybe it was kind of like how at the beginning of uh, the satanic bloodlines of the Illuminati, there's like a warning that if you even suspect you're a monarch program victim, not to read anymore because there's potential triggers. Oh. Did you get triggered during all of this? No. I No. Other than the French thing and just Montreal in general. (laughs) Every time I've been there, it's just been a fucking shit show and a half, so I guess it was just a giant right, trigger. So that sets the tone for this. She was triggered by her memories of what 
Montreal visit, but not the MK Ultra research. Yes. That's why I love you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Montreal's a, uh, a fucking. Uh, I don't even know. It's like say. a family. It's beautiful, but you hate it. Yeah, I guess. There's a nice spot. <laughs> old Montreal. I love old Montreal, so that's the only nice thing I can say about Montreal. And that, you know, they almost wiped out the whole population of people that, you know, came there because they couldn't fucking make proper fucking drainage and they almost all died way back in the day. That's a cool fact. A fact for another episode, maybe? Yeah. I sent you pictures of the, uh, old posters they had from the, uh, news back. Yeah. Way back. Years ago when I yeah. read. Yeah. I'll take you there someday, and you can experience the fucking shittiness of it. <laughs> Word of the wise, anyone, whoever, potentially, guests on our show, don't bring up Montreal. Yeah. Unless you want to rant about how shitty it is. <laughs> if you want to talk about modern art, that's a different episode. I'm, I'm getting way off topic. Yeah, a little bit. But fucking, all I gotta say is dick aquarium. It's not art. <laughs> Uh, pictures. <laughs> Post them on the Twitter after this episode comes out. Should. I think they're, they're on my Facebook. It's like the only album I ever made was just showing how shitty Montreal is. How it was not fucking any... Like, the one thing I wanted to do, we didn't do. Because the group of people I was with were just... Fucking assholes, I guess it's a nice way to put it, but you're not all assholes. I highly doubt any of these people would be listening to this, but I really wanted to climb Mount Royal, and we did not. That's sad. It is. Everyone deserves to climb a mountain. Speaking about Mount Royal, that's where this fucking place is, right on the base of it. Ah, I see what you did yeah, there. Yeah, see? Uh, that thought just came, that wasn't, that wasn't planned at all. Shh. <laughs> You don't tell people the secrets. Well, I gotta be honest. You let them believe. Oh, wait. I have to turn off the fish tank. Yeah. Turn it off. So I stumbled across an article. It was like years ago. I don't know how I got to this place. I was probably looking at the MK Ultra shit and mind control and then somehow ended up here. And prior to finding that article, I just figured it was in the States. CIA operation. Just strictly in the States. Whatever. But it is not one of the most intense sub-projects of MKUltra was in Montreal, Quebec, which is interesting because everyone thinks Canada is all nice country, would never do anything crazy, but they're wrong. Well, that's probably part of where that all comes from. Yeah. They either I'm did suspecting. it before they needed to re reestablish their name. Or that was how they reestablished their, like, face for their name. Yeah. Definitely. It was like, hey, we're all nice. We didn't do this. Yeah, fuck that. Canadians aren't nice. Newfies are nice. That's <laughs> it. But anyway, so, I'm assuming the mass of our listeners are probably familiar with MKUltra. Um, but a little bit of background information is always good. MKUltra is a CIA mind control project that used unconsenting patients to test the effects of sensory deprivation, 
LSD, electroshock therapy, and other methods of controlling the human psyche. Is it psyche? It's psyche. Yeah, psyche. Psyche with an E. Psyche. I'm learning, people. But why? Why would you do all of this? So this all followed after the Korean War. Soldiers were coming home seemingly brainwashed and stripped of their American values and overtaken by communist thoughts. So the CIA began to believe that the foreign powers in control possessed methods of mind control that allowed them to brainwash American prisoners of war. So naturally, the U.S. also needed to develop mind control and, interrog and fucking interrogation techniques. And what better way to test them on unsuspecting Americans and Canadians? Makes sense. What <laughs> happened first? Was it like, did, did stuff happen in Canada before they did fucking, what was it, Operation Midnight Climax? <laughs> And all that Midnight shit. Is that an like, actual operation? Midnight Climax. Yeah, they had, uh, that was like some of the first <laughs> testing of LSD on people here was they had uh, prostitutes lure men oh, into yeah. hotel yeah, rooms yeah. and then they would dose them and watch through the walls. Yeah, no, I remember that now. Just the name, I just didn't remember that name. That's a, that's a great name for what they did. Accurate, I suppose. Yeah, there's a few. There, you keep going. Oh, no, would answer your question. Um, I'm not sure the very first one. I mean, no one knows much of anything, for sure. That's for sure. Because uh, <clears throat> uh, this one was in the '50s, like early '50s. Basically, the MK Ultra. There is 144 different subprojects within MK Ultra. Um, and they're all related to testing and, and research and whatnot. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, essentially, everything you just summed up there is an extension of Operation Midnight Climax because they did all these things and then they were like, oh, after that we should even try to do sexual blackmail and surveil people and Hmm. Do it all in the field. And then they were like, let's start dosing people in bars and restaurants and beaches. Um, yeah, so 144 different sub-projects. Um, and they were all carried out in 89 different institutions, which also included a number of universities. And the experiments are highly unethical and very invasive on the human subjects. And yeah, so as most CIA operations, the experiments were kept on the down low. So some of the doctors and scientists involved claimed to not even know they were conducting experiments for the CIA or the reasoning behind said experiments. And other people involved admitted to the purpose of the project, project and acknowledged the unethical behavior of the experiments. So pretty much divided into two different groups of people. One that claimed, you know, maybe they legitimately didn't know and others that fully acknowledged it. Um, due to the secrecy of the project, it wasn't necessarily the CIA directly signing the checks to fund research projects. Um, the CIA set up various research agencies to act as fronts for funneling MKUltra research funds. Um, they would work through these organizations to target researchers with projects that were of interest, mainly ones in developing human behavioral control. So if you think about it, universities would be an excellent target um, to conduct said experiments. Numerous reasons, but I'm sure it was probably way more affordable, too. 
uh, due to the student population and the related fields, like being some of the researchers, also the professors, probably being like maybe the best in their field or within that area as well with certain experiments too. So. Well, yeah, and it makes sense research. because the government government already gives university universities money for projects, mm -hmm. so there's that as well. Yeah. So now it's the time to get into Canada's role in the project. Um, so initially, I thought the story started in 1957, um, but that's the power of research. So as I was going through numerous articles and stuff, all properly cited, of course, um, I realized it was not the start of it. Um, I was kind of connecting dots as I was reading into the history of the, this building and everyone involved and you know everyone before Dr. Cameron who's the most like fucking Sidney Gottlieb <laughs> yes the black sorcerer yeah uh, we'll play a fun little game I'm not gonna directly point out what I noticed but I'm gonna tell you about the history we'll begin with the history of the Allen Memorial Institute which is the name of the building uh, that these experiments and everything were conducted in, and that's part of McGill University. So, hopefully that's not confusing. I don't, I'm glad I didn't go to college. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, so, yeah, so Ellen Memorial Institute, um, it's a mansion, like a huge building, well, I'm sure. Everyone knows what a fucking mansion is, but whatever. Um, so it was first known as Ravenscrag. I think I'm pronouncing that right. It's Raven and then... That doesn't sound... S-C-R-A-G. Like, I don't know. They, I wish they would have kept at least the fucking original name of the building, but... It sounds like it's covered in gargoyles. It does. Like... Like it's a fucking sick ass black... Look up, look up uh, Allen Memorial Institute, like the actual building, like... There probably was. They got a creepy gate, at least. Not as creepy as fucking Stephen King's gate, but, you know. It's not bad. So, anyways, it was built between um, 1860 and 1863 for Hugh Allen, who was a Scottish-Canadian shipping... Is it magnate? Yeah. Yes. Financer and capitalist. He owned a shipping line called the, Al the Allen Shipping Line, and at the time of his death, it was the largest privately owned shipping empire in the world. Um, he was responsible for transporting millions of British immigrants into Canada. Um, hmm. Yeah, so... Dun -dun. He also owned the Allen Royal Mail Line and was the director of the Bank of Montreal. BMO Bank, that's what we call it here. It's one of the most major banks, even in like other parts of Canada. And I think you guys have BMO even in the States. Yeah, we yeah. do. Um, yeah, so upon his death, his son... Sir Hugh Andrew Monahue Allen inherited the business as well as the Ravenscrag. Um, so on his own, Monahue was a successful businessman outside of inheriting his father's businesses. Um, he was president of several major Canadian financial institutions and the Montreal General Hospital. Um, he also co-founded and was president of the Ritz-Carlton Hotel in Montreal. So just remember Jesus. that hotel. And in 1940, the Ravenscrag was donated to the Royal Victoria Hospital. Um, now, the Royal Victoria Hospital is 
within McGill University as well, because like McGill University, you know, they study study other shit other than fucking doctor crap and research with medical shit. Um, so that's kind of like a little branch within a branch of McGill, basically. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so in 1943, they named it the Ellen Memorial Institute, which then served as a psychiatric hospital. Um, that's all that I could kind of find on it with the psychiatric hospital thing. So from 43 to 1951, which I'll mention in a minute, it just operated as like a normal psychiatric hospital, I'm assuming um, probably run by students and people, you know, studying mental health and whatever the fuck they did back in then. Um, but yeah, so... That is coincidentally the year that the black sorcerer became a man of the agency. Hmm. So now, fast forward... And he was 33 years old. Really? Yeah. Huh. Fucking <clears throat> laughing all the way home like they always do. Uh-huh. <laughs> so now fast forward to june june 1st 1951 at a secret meeting with the canadian defense research board in the ritz carlton hotel in montreal safe place mm-hmm. safe place. and it's also owned by fucking old monty here so i'm glad he set that up for them so the purpose of the meeting was to launch a joint American-British-Canadian effort led by the CIA to fund studies on sensory deprivation. In attendance was Dr. Donald Hebb, director of psychology at McGill University, who received a grant of $10,000 a year to study sensory deprivation. Um, so Dr. Hebb, he paid a group of his own psychology students to remain isolated in a room, deprived of all senses for an entire day, 24-hour period, and he also played recordings of voices talking about creationist uh, or generally generally like anti-scientific sentiments uh, the idea behind that was that the average psychology student would oppose these obviously they'd be more science-based and wouldn't believe in creationism or whatever so how oh, that's so rude if this was 2019 <laughs> i could get a twitter campaign going against that man for just assuming what i man, believe man they probably be fucking like tumblr vlogs fucking galore if that was the case too <laughs> but I'm sure there's weird Tumblr blogs that, with at least one blog, in some, maybe even a, have to be a parallel universe, but someone likes this guy. <laughs> so, the prolonged period of sensory <laughs> deprivation made the students overly susceptible to sensory stimulation. The students, in turn, became very tolerant of the ideas they were quick to dismiss before. So you'd think this finding would be enough to satisfy the CIA's need to establish harsh psychological torture and interrogation techniques. In just a day... No. <laughs> in just a day, they're able to change a person's very identity and beliefs. Like, that's kind of incredible if you think about it. 24 hours, you're locked in a room, like, sensory deprivation, so all your senses, obviously, you can't feel, fucking hear, whatever. All your... I love you too. Mm. <laughs> Parents are going to bed. It's 9.47 p.m. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so, where was I? Fuck. Oh, yeah, I was talking about how crazy that was in a 24-hour period. That could happen. Along with... Makes sense. Yeah, like, I mean, repeated We shit. see it happen 
We just never really actually saw a scientific paper that tells us how fast yeah. a cult can take over someone's head or something. It's even like a head, mind. Stanford mind. prison experiment too. That's another example. I was gonna say. Well, it wasn't how sensory is it that deprivation, people but yeah. Can watch a fucking movie about something like the Stanford prison experiment and be like, that's pretty fucked up that they did that. Yeah. But not realize that if they did it once, why is it like, do you think they just like did something once? They do studies of sorts, mm -hmm. meaning multiple studies in one area. I don't know. It's just people are weird. Yeah. Totes. <laughs> Totes. Retweet. Um. <laughs> so that's pretty much it with the connecting the dots thing. Consider at least who is behind the history of the building beyond, you know, some very successful business people and the meeting and everything and just keep those facts in mind, at least. Uh, and again, Canada's not that fucking innocent of a country. So, yeah. At least not when the fucking CIA sticks their fucking alien reptilian fingers up its butthole and plays puppeteer. <laughs> This is very true. I also, like, another weird thing too is I didn't, it makes sense now, but I, I didn't realize that the CIA, um, like, set up, like, different companies and shit to, like, you know, feel mysterious with funding. Makes sense. Oh, yeah. Like, why wouldn't they? I mean, people would probably be like, I'm not working for the CIA, that's insane, or, fuck yeah, I'd work for the CIA, I don't know. Oh yeah, just to get CIA, or just to, just to get CIA, just to get LSD, the CIA had, like, a ridiculous amount of, uh, people they were paying off, because of the mass amounts of CIA, of CIA, again I did it, the mass amounts of LSD the CIA was using. <laughs> also, I just want to point out, for anyone who wants to look up another MK Ultra project, there's one called MK Chickwit. Sounds MK fun. what? I like burped when you Chick. said that and I didn't hear. Chick? Chick. Chickwit. Chickwit. And it focused most of which on South America. Hmm. I don't know why you said, you said that and I just think of Chick-fil-A and I really want... I know, so that, did I. I would really want that chicken. And they were paying magicians. <laughs> what? <laughs> Chick-fil-A or this MK Ultra thing? <laughs> the CIA. Oh, okay. Well, that makes more sense. They paid a magician at least once. Hmm. That's interesting. I have to look that up later. And Sidney Gottlieb had a club foot. Hmm. Kept him out of World War II. Fuck yeah, that's what you... Didn't prevent his pursuit of folk dancing, though. <laughs> <laughs> This was me. just me giving you another dose of how stupid Wikipedia fucking is. That's hilarious. Yeah, so... <laughs> I didn't really fully explain the Alan Memorial... Maybe I am fucking brainwashed or mind-controlled, I don't know. It's been a weird week. Um, but, so, I don't know if I fully explained the Allen Memorial Institute earlier, but... So... Fast forward a few years to the year 1957. <laughs> the LA Memorial Institute um, is a psychiatric and research institute which houses the psychiatric, or sorry, psych, psychiatry. There's too many fucking psych goddamn words in this. 
If it's not a name I can't pronounce, it's like one repeated weird fucking word, or there's a root word in it. And it's Psychiatric. Psychiatry. Psychiatry. Oh. Department of the Royal Victoria Hospital, which is part of the McGill University Health Center. Oh, I did explain that earlier. Yeah, that's right. Um, so it's an ominous-looking stone mansion just at the foot of Mount Royal. And, you know, and I didn't get to climb, but maybe one day I will climb it. Um, so some <laughs> Scooby-Doo haunted mansion-looking shit. Like, you looked up pictures of it? Looks creepy as fuck. Old oh, tips. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So the McGill Project that I'm talking about, the one specific subproject, is known as Subproject 68. And it was fronted by Dr. Donald Ewan Cameron, head of the Allen Memorial Institute and the main research impli researcher implicated, implicating, you know, fuck my life, implicating the project. So, Dr. Cameron was one of those, I didn't know I was working for the CIA motherfuckers I mentioned earlier. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was a, of all of them, I believe him the least. Yeah, there, that was the thing. There's a lot of evidence I'll get to after that was brought to attention that people were just like, eh, we don't really believe you, bud, but okay. But, so he was invited to McGill to be the first director of the recently founded Allen Memorial Institute. So I'm assuming at this point they're transitioning from just the normal loony bin to doing research studies and, you know, more shit there. So his research at the time and presumably what made the CIA very moist was focused on discovering the root causes of mental illnesses and finding ways to cure them. He believed that the manifestation of mental illnesses, specifically schizophrenia, was a result of repeated patterns of socially unhealthy behavior in patients and concluded it could be cured by depatterning these habits. Which sounds like a pretty awesome guy, like he's doing something fucking great and wanting to help people, etc. And, you know, just helping people in society that are deemed rejects and locked up in hospitals until they fucking died or were killed or whatever. But the deep patterning Cameron was looking into was meant to break down the patient's personality completely and rebuild it from scratch. So... The procedure was fairly straightforward. Over the span of several days, patients were put to sleep and administered barbiturates, which depressed the central nervous system, and LSD. This was, of course, followed by massive doses of electroshock therapy over the course, course of several weeks. And Of course, of course, of course. Yeah, throw that in, just for good measure. If that wasn't enough, you gotta zap them. Just like, you know, those microwave little kids' chicken dinner things, you know? Chicken fingers? You get a little bit of right out of dinner in there, or sorry, mac and cheese if you're American. A little shit ass brownie, maybe some corn. Yeah, <coughs> those are good. But anyways, the result patients were reduced to a childlike state. And if you think childlike state, as in playing with toy cars, needing nappies, and drinking apple juice out of those dumbass no spill sippy cups, you're sort of right, but also add confusion, extreme memory loss like languages and important memories like being married, disorientation. Shitting all over the table. Oh, yeah. Disorientation, interference with learned habits like eating and shitting all over the table. And <laughs> I really did see that, like, every every scientist who worked on MKUltra stuff, mm -hmm. they talked about diarrhea being one of the problems <laughs> they encountered. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me, man. <laughs> fucking diarrhea. We gotta stop the experiment. I can't deal with this shit. <laughs> so, 
Once the patient's brains were reduced to mush, he believed that he could, that they could be reprogrammed and be taught proper forms of interaction and behavior. He called this process psychic driving, which involved subjecting the patients to repeated audio recordings in order to reinforce positive messages within their minds. The patients would be sedated with muscular paralytic drugs and exposed to hundreds or thousands of repetitions of a single statement throughout treatment. Can you imagine that? I mean, just at least that portion of it. Just hearing the same fucking thing over and over and over again. No. Like, I would drive Couldn't. anyone insane. I don't know. Considering that there's, like, fucking uh, medical torture experts that I read about when I was reading about MKUltra stuff <laughs> that, like, replicated Cameron's techniques. Like, in the field. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. So, if anyone, like, wants to write off, if you're ever telling anyone about MKUltra and they want to write off the scientific aspects of it, there's your proof that it's... <laughs> it can also be applied in a non-scientific fashion and in just a brutal, sadistic, human-breaking mechanism fashion. Yeah. It's fucking nuttier than squirrel turd. That's for damn sure. So, if you take into account uh, during this time period, which is, you know, between the 50s and 60s, just electroshock therapy was used on patients two to three times a week to treat things like depression. Um, and this was very common and not just used for extreme cases, like... Well, it makes you reconsider that. I was just thinking that. Like, how much of these cases where they casually tell you about them using electroshock therapy as a treatment, that sounds absurd, and we're like, oh, people just didn't know back then. All the things we didn't know. Mm -hmm. Even though we come from, like, ancient people who fucking built fucking interdimensional whatever they are, the fucking pyramids. And we act like fucking... 80 years ago, 40 years ago, we didn't know that shocking people's brains was bad. Mm hmm Or pretty sure that all those cases that we've casually heard in passing about, that's just how they tried to heal them, <laughs> were probably just, like, them not telling the full story about they were experimenting on these people. Yeah, pretty much, like... I mean, obviously, it's like, yeah, fucking Linda over there won't shut her fucking mouth. <laughs> She keeps saying she's the fucking purple cat and going meow. So yeah, I'm gonna fucking zap her because the last person we zapped shut up, so maybe she'll shut up too. That probably did happen, but... Yeah, I mean, the logic makes sense. It's like babysitting. What? <laughs> <laughs> You're not babysitting anyone. Yeah, like, let's, like, you give them a, you give them, like, a video game and like, the, uh... like, I can finally go back to the other room and read this book. Oh. I was thinking more like, here's a fork, go stick it in the wall, <laughs> see what happens. That might work. I had cool babysitters when I was growing up, but <laughs> that didn't actually happen. Well, I mean, not that I remember, but that <laughs> would be something I wouldn't remember if it did happen. Anyways, so it can also be argued that ethics back then in this time period were not as strict as they are now. Clearly we're, well, I mean, to our knowledge, we're not using electroshock therapy to treat depression. Um, so nowadays patients must be fully aware of any practices 
testing or any experimental procedures that are given consent forms indicating the procedures and any risks involved, which I'm sure uh, there's probably loopholes in that one. And like yeah, all of it. Also like kind of like a little side note on that. It's just like terms and conditions, right? Very few people actually read terms and conditions on fucking signing up to shit or you get a new phone and like whatever, you know. Well, there's only terms and conditions on things that you willfully are interacting with. Like, knowingly interacting with. The fucked up thing is there's so many things that, like MKUltra, they weren't even going to tell us about. Until they got mm -hmm. caught. Oh, yeah. Chemtrails, the food we eat, it's all an experiment. We just didn't, like, knowingly have a conversation about it so there doesn't have to be a sheet of fucking liabilities and fucking and no ser service agreements for your internet if you don't know you're fucking paying for it. Yeah. No one knows they're paying for a fucking poison experiment when they fucking buy fucking frosted flakes and yeah, I ate a whole box but I still shouldn't have felt like I got shot in the head with a fucking shotgun the next yeah, morning. Yeah, I remember that. It wasn't fun. I wanted to, I was almost crying from a fucking mic. I'm pretty sure you food. were. You were fetal position. At, like, when you were out of bad. the bathroom. But. It was bad. Was don't eat frosted flakes, uh -uh. people. You don't need that <laughs> masturbatory control fucking cereal in your life. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's special K, but. It was a, no, it was cornflakes. No, it's Kellogg's. Kellogg's cornflakes. Okay. Hold on. Yeah, I was uh, talking about. Frosted Flakes is what I was yeah, talking about. Yeah, you know, they're just sugar-coated. It's still the same shit. You better stop. Yeah, but they're a different cereal. What? Just because they're covered in sugar, they're... Oh, they're okay, talking. I meant brand. It's a different brand. It's in my head, I'm like, oh, oh no. Fucking no. Is this a fucking... What is that? Mangala effect? <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> I feel like I always say, so. Anyways. But... <laughs> Well, I do always say that, but... That's the shut up, Danny. We're already off yeah. track. <laughs> so... With that bit of information in mind, maybe Cameron really wasn't a bad guy. <laughs> did you like how I did that? That was good. You said the first word for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just laughing because the last thing we talked about was fucking Prophet Flakes and masturbation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if people don't know about that, look it up. That's just a little... Yeah. I just want to know if it worked, too. Like, I'm sure it did for some people. No, it didn't I'm sure work. It did. You know, mind over no. matter or not mind over matter thing. And it's not the cereal. It's just oh. you. I, I was fucking still going on about that being the same thing as fucking. Oh my god. <laughs> so, anyways, <sighs> after all, he was trying to cure, cure individuals and make them normal functioning members of society. Sure, a few colleagues described him as power-hungry, angry, and ruthless. But maybe he wasn't aware of how unethical his practices were. Fat chance. One of the biggest pieces of evidence against Cameron that was that he was fully aware, aware of what was considered unethical and immoral practices on human beings. Cameron attended the Nuremberg trials following World War II. Countless accusations were made about unethical treatment on humans. And Cameron also apparently fully supported the Nuremberg Code, which laid out specific rules and details involving legal human experimentation. So, 
if you believe in the Holocaust stuff. Not saying I do or I don't. Or that whole fucking trial and, you know, all the medical experimentation and the, uh, what was it? Death camps and whatever. How they used to treat people. He was aware that that was the reason those people were there, basically. One of the reasons. And, yeah, you know. Basically, he was there when they said, this is bad. for the first time ever, you can't Don't do this. Don't do it. Why would you do this to your brother and sister? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he knew. He fucking knew. Anyways. In 1963, the CIA compiled all the research into a manual called the Kubark Counterintelligence Interrogation Handbook. The handbook outlines the experiments conducted at McGill as one of the main sources of its techniques of sensory deprivation, and it's also readily available for your reading pleasure. You can download it, um, or I think you can buy a copy of it too, most likely. I included that in the notes and everything, a link to it. Um, an ex ex expert, ex I can't say that word, expert, not an expert. An expert, Egbert? the one is he good? Egbert. Yeah, Egbert. <laughs> now I'm just now I'm gonna have a smile on my face no matter what you say because I'm gonna imagine fucking Humpty Dumpty, fucking just jamming Metallica until someone wants to blow their brains out because they heard it for 48 hours. Whiskey in the jar. <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful. So, from so an Egbert from the instructions <laughs> uh, to a CIA interrogator reads: results produced only after weeks or months of imprisonment in an ordinary cell can be duplicated in hours or days in a cell which has no light, which is soundproofed, and in which doors are eliminated. It's so fucked up because they're not like we accidentally found out this horrible thing. They're like, you can do this. And it's better than the. It's quicker. It's More like efficient. having, yeah. It's like it's like a like a marinade. You're like, like I could put it in a bag, or I could use this food saver thing that supposedly sucks it inside yeah. the meat. meat. I don't want to think about sucking inside the meat. Well, we're talking about this. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> At least none of your stories are talking about kids yet. Yeah. At least. This is true. Did they do anything to um, kids? Here, yes. I well. Yeah, underage people. Like, not, like, children, children. There was, I couldn't find anything. It was, like, young children. Um, but the youngest I mean, I, patient I, 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 I heard of was uh, a 15-year-old woman. Or girl. I have a girl that was supposedly in second grade. Tell you yeah? Tell me about it. Yeah. Her name is Ellen Atkin. Hmm. Or MK Ultra Girl. I'm just, I'll just read shit off her website okay. rather than talk about it because I wouldn't want to say anything wrong. And I mean, I'm gonna be critical because some things sound a little weird, <laughs> but I would like to talk to her. Yeah. I don't know if she would. I don't know if she'd like will talk to tell her story or talk for money to tell her story. I know that sounds kind of fucked up with my. Mm judgment but she sells like she talks about how this costs a lot of money to try and tell her story the way she needs to and like because she wants to do stuff with this class action mm -hmm. lawsuit so she sells fine art photography and I looked at them and they're like 
$3,200 for these prints. But basically, she says that in 2015, she recognized herself in that image. Do you know that image I'm talking about? Mm, no. Um, MK Ultra Girl. Okay. Just type that into Google real quick. MK Ultra Girl. Um, she said she was looking through sites about MK Ultra, oh, which kind of yeah. just raises a red flag because it's kind of just like you're like. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't know why it raises a red flag because that's something I would say. I was just flipping through MK Ultra sites. That's literally what she said. <laughs> I don't know why that sounds fishy to me because again, I would say that. <laughs> that's my Saturday night. But um, she said that she basically just had a crazy feeling when she looked into the eyes of the little girl in the picture. And she recognized herself and then she found photo albums and pulled out her grade two class photos and that was when I realized we were talking about a Canadian. Hmm. <laughs> a Canadian. Grade two. Grade two. But no, she said uh, she made some different pictures of versions of the picture with like her story, pretty much what I just read, plus a little bit more of what comes later. But then she, um, she basically says that her mother was a patient of Cameron's. <laughs> And that her father had been in the psych ward, her sister went crazy, and her brother died young. Jeez. Which sounds like a country yeah, song. Yeah, really depressing one. And More than normally yeah, depressing one. Like, well, you know, good country then. <laughs> and that's not really a thing, so I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, basically, she says that she has a blog, which is what I'm reading on. Uh, some sort of thing that she keeps referring to as ultranationmedia.com, which... I never checked to see, no, but it still says future home of something quite cool, which is probably the landing page for any site that's not built with that hmm. website service. Okay. But basically, she, uh, mm, uh, in 2017, there was that class action mm -hmm. lawsuit that got all that attention, and then her story got attention because it was relevant, and that's that lawsuit specifically involving the Allen Memorial Division of Royal Victoria Hospital mm -hmm. um, patients. Her mother was a patient, like she says, like I mentioned. Um, and they basically say, uh, she says that she's seen her, picture, her, her mother in a black and white film clip being electrocuted by Ewan. And, mm -hmm. and then she contacted the lawyer, Alan Stein, and told her to get the records. And she says she's been trying to get the records for years and continued to ask him how, and he never replied to her again until he seeked to represent her, but said he wants $50,000 from a fam each family up front and would not address the film clip that she previously mentioned. Hmm. And then she thinks she also sees her father in pictures um, with a character that she says is probably Joseph Mangala, which I didn't look into. Interesting. Um, and then he had a nervous breakdown about two weeks in the seminary in London, Ontario. Um, and now she says she doesn't have a problem asking for money and that the campaign is expensive and she has advertising sales skills. Hmm. And that she says all roads do indeed lead to MK Ultra and the Luciferian death cult that has sought to mind control you to their ends. Wow. I don't disagree. Yeah, I was just gonna say, 
She's not wrong. Um, she also calls herself the bad acider of alternation. So that's pretty cool. Hmm. Uh, she was just on um, uh, Ground Zero. Yeah. That episode. The MK Ultra Charles Manson episode. She was on there talking hmm. to them. Uh, a lot of people think they based Eleven from Stranger Things oh. on her. Which I don't know how credible that is because that shit's all like an offshoot of the Montauk yeah. stuff, which is kind of relevant to this, but like in a really weird yeah. way. Like you take the weirdest parts of what they could like summon when you want to get that weird with what they found with MK Ultra stuff in weird offshoots and apply it to that and they get Stranger Things. Yeah. <laughs> huh. No, I, um, yeah, no, I recognize the picture that you said. And. So yeah, she could have been one of the youngest, one of the youngest. Yeah, it was like when I was looking stuff up, like I said, the, like the youngest person uh, I found was like a 15-year-old girl, but uh, I wouldn't fucking doubt if they did test on children too and stuff, so. Just like dose a whole preschool to yeah, work. pretty much. Fuck. So, yeah, according to the Canadian government, these experiments seized in 1964, which was a year after this handbook came out. So, I'm not sure, because it, it says that there is, um, you know, it mentions McGill um, being the main source of techniques for sensory deprivation. So I don't know if that actually includes Cameron's work or if that includes the Heb guy with his psychology student stuff, so. But I want to get the book anyways and read it just for, you know, shits and giggles and... I really wish I could think of the name of the guy. I heard Jay Dyer talk about him. He wrote a lot of books and did a lot of studies about fucking creating altars in little kids' minds. He's pretty much the source of the whole idea of, like, where Alice in Wonderland being mm. used and like the whole uh, smashing a mirror while the person is looking at it hmm. causes a fracture of their psyche like that was part of his research and findings hmm. and they used him too I can't remember who that was though hmm. I'm sure it'll come up but yeah so in 1973 Richard Helms who I nicknamed big old dick helmet uh, the <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was the director of the CIA and he destroyed Oh fucking angry army <laughs> yes. helmet He destroyed almost all of the records for the projects So in 1977 Several boxes were uncovered that contained sparse but important information regarding the nature of the experiments Most of the information regarding the projects came from these files um, That were recovered and also from interviews with former CIA employees involved in the MKUltra so, imagine if you didn't destroy it, all of those boxes, like, yeah. it's pretty nuts. Oh, the thing is, you can, uh, you get creative with your freedom of information requests, what you request, and still find random tidbits. People still do. There's that website, theblackvault.com, that guy's got, like, the largest oh. collection of Freedom of yeah, Information yeah. Act requests documents and there's like two million declassified documents online mm. and there's a really fucking badass forum full of shit that's 
probably going to be fucking sucked up and turned into episode material because I found a bunch of cool stuff I never told yeah. you about. Fuck yeah, I'm down. So, it's unclear what happened after the experience leading up to the Senate hearing in 1977. Um, so, during this hearing, they discussed the role of the universities involved in the MK Ultra project. Uh, the main issue here was that they were not, or apparently not, made aware they were receiving funding from the CAA. So their conclusion, mm. yeah, right, <laughs> like, their conclusion was the president of the universities involved should be made aware of the, of the involvement of the project in order to take the appropriate steps in adapting research procedures to ensure something like this doesn't happen again. And that'll, that'll yeah, fix exactly. One person can't be bad. Mm -hmm. So the committee concluded that the information <laughs> incriminating the universities involved would be circulated in the media and that the universities would be given information to know the truth about what was reported. So it sounds like something less than a slap on the wrist for fucking every person involved. Um, McGill University also doesn't seem to be very keen on sharing any of the dark history of the project either. If you remember, months back, we were talking about this, and you knew about McGill University before we started talking, or did I tell you about it? Okay. Yeah. I didn't know how extensive, and that basically, literally 50% of the admitted MKUltra stuff happened mm -hmm. in Canada. So, back but. then, I remember a conversation we had where I was trying to look up like information on Cameron on their actual websites because they have like previous you know like ancient fucking faculty members and what they did and everything and at that point i remember there was nothing on him at all there was just something saying like oh he was you know the first director and you know from this year to this year and that's it so because the information that i found now um the biography of cameron in the archive section of mcgill university i didn't find but like i didn't recognize before um, and in no way mentions any of the experiments he did. So I'm going to read you exactly what it says. So, D. Ewan Cameron was born in Scotland and received his medical degree from the University of Glasgow in 1924. He began his career as resident surgeon at Glasgow Infirmary, but in 1929 came to Canada to work in the Brandon Mental Hospital. Okay, so, okay. So, that was in 1929. He went to Canada once. So in 1936, he became director of research at Worcester State Hospital in Massachusetts, Massachusetts, and in 1938 <laughs> was appointed professor of neurology and psychiatry at Albany State Medical School. It, oh, okay. it was at Albany that Cameron conducted his most important research on sensory deprivation, memory, and aging. So. They're saying the place he was at before McGill was where he conducted most of his important research. No, oh, yeah, because you can't tell all the people who don't know to look in deeper that stuff happened at the next place where all the bad mm -hmm. stuff happened. So, and it also says uh, in 1943, Cameron entered on a new phase of his career where he was appointed professor of psychiatry at McGill and director of the newly created Ellen Memorial Institute. On the clinical side, he established inpatient and outpatient services and a daily hospital program. He developed laboratories for psychiatric research and promoted advances in psychi psychiatric training 
through undergraduate curricula and teaching hospital programs. Cameron's high reputation in the psychiatric field is attested by his appointment in 1945 to the American panel to examine Rudolf Hess at the Nuremberg trials. After retiring from Allen in 1964, he retired in 1964, he returned to Albany as a research professor at the Albany Medical School and director of the Laboratory for Research in Psychiatry and Aging at the Veterans Administration Hospital. What a what a nice name for a monster. Yeah, like doesn't that just sounds like a, a fucking research professor. wonderful fucking guy that, you know, made a lot of fucking medical advances and Well, like, you know what's interesting is within the last year they started two years, three years, they started rewriting the history of MK Ultra in general with their new fucking magic ball witchcraft rewriting his, history rewriting tool that is mm -hmm. Netflix by telling us how Frank Olsen died jumping out a window making it less mysterious pointing fingers a little less at yeah. themselves things like that or the fact that it's like the see there's that show on the history channel the history of the CIA, drug trafficking, etc., etc., whatever it was. And they, they actually were pretty honest about what the CIA did with drugs in the past, up to a certain selection of years, then they stopped talking about different things they didn't go into. But the things they chose to talk about, they were pretty honest about. In the first episode, talked about MKUltra, and they only talked about the LSD stuff. They didn't talk about satanic ritual abuse. They didn't talk about, they didn't talk about anything other than drugs. Which doesn't, isn't a bad thing, I guess, necessarily, because the show was about mm -hmm. drugs. But then, shortly after, they set up a website, like a section on their website that's still pretty prominently displayed the history of MK Ultra, And they don't talk about anything but the drugs. Interesting. <laughs> they were rewriting everything in plain sight. Yeah, it happens for fucking <laughs> lots of shit. I mean, that's what... That's what remakes of movies mm -hmm. are. I realized that a few years ago. Like, they teach your kids, you know, say you grew up on fucking, I don't know, Point Break and shit like that. And you have kids now. They make movies. They remake them. And they add some new PC thing that you'd normally be like, mm -hmm. about in daily life. And they change a character that matters to you into that thing. And then even though you're still bitching about it, not only does that create, like, an argument with your neighbor, but it also just push it, puts it into your social zeitgeist so that even though you don't agree with it, you now believe it. Yep. Pretty much. I'm so lots of fucking... It's how you change reality. <laughs> you don't need someone to agree with it, you just need them to be angry, and even if they're angry about it, they still believe it mm -hmm. exists. Fuck yeah. Uh, identity politics combined with magic is scary. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, also with Cameron, too, um, even on the other affiliated websites like the McGill University Health Center or the Royal Victoria Hospital, there is no mention of Cameron at all. The only fucking place you can find him is that tidbit I just read. Um, no yeah, figure. which uh, it made me so angry, but at the same time, it was just like, obviously, they're going to fucking do that, but... You know, like Ped's theme. When I woke up and saw he was <laughs> dead. It made me so angry, but how did I not expect that he would either kill himself or be killed or go yeah. into hiding? Well, 
He could just like, in the most optimistic sense, he could just he could just be in the witness protection program because he is gonna name names. That's not gonna happen. Yeah. But in a perfect world, that'd be what mm -hmm. happened. Yeah, I mean. There's a TV show there. <laughs> like an episode of My Name Is Earl. <laughs> like it, one day he like went to a party that he lied to get into and he like fucking spilled a drink on Epstein's 13 year old date, and ever since then, he had it on his list to fix that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, <laughs> I just need a t-shirt, I think there should be a Sarah, another lizard person t-shirt, I should just say, so. Like, on the front it just says so, and on the back it has a translation. You should just say anyways on the back. <laughs> Shut the fuck yes. up, Donnie. <laughs> it wasn't until the 1980s that Cameron's subproject 68 patients started to come forward about their treatment by Cameron. So many of the patients involved reported devastating mental and physical results uh, of his treatment, including memory loss, feelings of isolation, anxiety, and no improvement of their initial conditions. And diarrhea. Lots of diarrhea. <laughs> the trots. <laughs> so. Well, it'd be more like the squirts all over the I always the like the term trots for that. I don't know. It just makes me giggle. I mean, you're not giggling when that shit's happening to you. Let me tell you that much, but. <laughs> Or, you know, trusting a fart and turns out it's not after you drink a lot of coffee and... You don't trust you know. a fart. Even when you know it's a good one, you never I know trust that it entirely. Now. Everyone knows I'm that. I'm 30 years old and I can say, if it doesn't feel right, go to the toilet. Don't risk it. Even if it feels right, don't believe it. Nothing in life is 100% have false. confident farts often. <laughs> More often than the ones that I'm like, oh, you know. <laughs> so several patients filed lawsuits against the Canadian government to receive compensation as well as the CIA. The CIA settled with the patients for around $90,000 each. Old Canada was reluctant to give any benefits towards these people but in the early 90s, they agreed to provide compensation on compassionate and humanitarian grounds. Thanks, Canada. So, the government also did not acknowledge any legal responsibility for the experiments, even though there was, was reports made that the Canadian government also funded Cameron's work. But in the end, Cameron's patients were given the right to $100,000 in restitution as part of the Allen Memorial Institute D-Patterned Persons Assistant Plan, only 80 patients received compensation, according to the Canadian government, and over 250 were denied. The guidelines were strict, and this amount was only reserved for patients that were left in a childlike state. So, I'm pretty sure that means, like, a permanent thing, like you're just in a childlike state for the rest of your life. Um, it was kind of unclear. I feel like I read about a few people whose family were talking about how they had the mind of a child mm -hmm. now. Oh yeah, there's lots of stories. Um, in more recent news, uh, families of some of Cameron's patients gathered in Montreal in 2018 to share their recollections and traumatic history um, through medical records that they had, and they plan to file another class action lawsuit against the provincial and Canadian government, and possibly McGill University, and they're also seeking a public apology as well. Um, for it, but there's been like, there's another lady, 
I was watching an interview with, and um, when it happened in 2016, 2017, that they went to sue, and it, it was this, with the same lawyer, that Stein guy, that he went, or her family rather. Um, that's, yeah, that's that's the same lawyer that the Ellen Atkins woman mm -hmm. mentioned. Like he's on a lot of these who cases. Go, who ghosted yeah. her. Pretty much after she said she had proof that it was her mother in the video. Yeah. So it was the Trudeau government, and they settled out of court. And part of the condition was that the lawyer, as well as um, the lady that was suing and her husband, um, weren't allowed to speak of the trial, or not the trial, um, the like amount, like whatever the case, that's what I was trying to say, um, or the amount that they settled for. So she wasn't able to give like any figures or anything on it. And um, with that too, like she, it was five, in regards to her mom, I believe. Yeah. So, and then her dad, his whole life up until he died in like 1993, he was trying to get her medical records and everything. And she needed to like finish his work after he died and you know make him proud in the afterlife so yeah she was like i forget how she said that she was able to get like finally get the medical records and everything and then uh she took it to the lawyer and then yeah they settled out of court and she believes because it was out of court they didn't want publicity obviously to it as most you know cases that are settled out of court yeah. are and so you know more people don't come forward with it but uh yeah so that's pretty much it that's all i got um with what i just mentioned at the end with the other patients planning to um do a class action lawsuit there hasn't been any inf updated information on that that was just last year so normally shit like that takes a long time and lots of money but yeah yeah. It's Canada for you. Man. Oh, man. Mm, I don't even know what to yeah. say. It's pretty crazy. Like, I don't know. And that's, that's just like one, like, rough overview mm -hmm. of us, of one scientist. Yeah in one area of the world yeah. like the fact is is like when a country does mass human experimentation it's not a one-off thing like oh this country's starting their own they're all extending the like there's there's you see the the the, the line of human experimentation going from like unit what unit 731 is that what it's called mm. is that what it's called I think so the horrible horrible human experimentation the Japanese did and then conveniently the Nazis pop up and start doing human experimentation with a, a small gap in between mm -hmm. and then oh what happens Nazi scientists end up helping us do this shit oh, yeah. so I don't know where is it going to happen next right Exactly. And is it still happening? I fucking... I think it's still happening. Well, that's kind of the setup for this little unofficial 
series of MK Ultra episodes that'll be speckled throughout that like... is we that was kind of my point. We're talking about one scientist, but we we didn't even talk about like the potential for the fact that like every pop star and celebrity you ever liked is probably in some way controlled in a way they mm -hmm. don't know. Which is fucking sad as fuck. Like, I mean, anyone that goes through that, it's just... And... I know. Even to... Like, I might hate your music, but Beyonce, I feel bad <laughs> for you. Even to kind of, like, relate back to, like, what I said earlier about, um, how, you know, there's more ethical treatments towards people, and on, like, even experimental, like, drugs, procedures, etc., they explain everything to you, tell you what the possible side effects are, risks involved, and blah, blah, blah. But there's still facilities out there, and I'm sure they're in the States as well, where you can do experimental testing and stuff mm -hmm. for, like, drugs or alcohol. Oh, yeah, or, that's been a thing for broke college kids yeah. forever. and it's like you, there's certain criteria they need for it, like, you know, <laughs> age, weight, gender, etc., um, or if, you know... Yeah, you have to be in the demographic mm -hmm. of people who would be beneficial to learn if the drug does something to you or not. You can't just have a busted liver to be able to find out if it's going to yeah, hurt your liver. like, and this, to me, in my head, this almost aligns with the MKUltra shit. Like, I understand, like, MKUltra is, like, meant for controlling human behavior, but, I mean, some of these experiments and, and procedures and whatever that they have these facilities, I'm sure align with that more often than not. Just like trust, like testing out a new drug for fucking, I don't know, crabs or fucking gonorrhea or some shit. Like. Well, yeah, I mean, think about it. We're talking about MK Ultra scientists not knowing they're MK Ultra scientists. So if you're having people do, like drug testing or genetic testing, then you're gonna, then you might find out one day that you were part of a mm -hmm. bigger thing. Just like the people that built helped build the bomb. Almost anyone on the project didn't know they built that yeah. bomb. Or had any work going towards the the development? And of also, it. not totally out of the question either. That considering back then the CIA was like coming up with uh, these like fake or fronted like organizations that weren't using CIA as you know the people that signed the checks and fucking that you know who you're working for. So I don't know. It kind of aligns that maybe some of these facilities where they do said like testing and whatever are CIA operated. Or even beyond that, like they, like Lockheed is implicated in the MK Ultra studies. All these different mm -hmm. big companies that have military contracts to this day are implicated in projects like MK Ultra. Yeah. It's fucking weird. Well, that was the tamest <laughs> episode about MK Ultra you're gonna get, folks. Yeah, pretty much. I didn't have to remember that I'm supposed to give trigger warnings. Yes. I was worried that I'd forget, but I guess it's okay that I forgot. Trigger warnings. I will try to remember to tell people in the least fucking just whiny little kid way that something might be bothersome to hear. Mm -hmm in the future. I'll probably forget, but I'll try yeah. to remind. I can remind you. I think that's a good idea. I mean, even even beyond the sake of like the listener, I don't really care about the listener. They're already mm -hmm. here. You know, if they made it into the point that that 
horrible stuff gets, it's already pretty going to be pretty far into any episode it comes up in, so it's like, I'm not so much worried about them, but if they, like, don't know what's yeah. coming, and they're listening to it with speakers on, and their, like, mother's doing the dishes, and all of a sudden we're talking about, like, babies getting their dicks cut <laughs> off or something. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Hook a brother up there in that regard. Yeah. That is that, and this is that. Well, that was our first mini-episode, folks. And we'll visit McGill, this, this place, when I take you to the fucking shit town, so... Pretty sure you could take every other couple things we talk about, or names mentioned, put them on a dartboard, and throw a dart, and make an episode about it. <laughs> so, we'll revisit a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, as always... Check us out on the old Twitter twatter. I was just thinking Twitter twatter in my head. I'm like, I'm going to say twatter, but I didn't have to because you said it. It's great. Yeah. I love you. You're wonderful. Underscore. Yeah, so are you. And so is everyone yeah. listening. All nine of you. <laughs> yes. One day it'll be funny because there will be more than nine. Yeah. But right now, those nine listeners we got on episode one, it's pretty it's cool. Awesome. Like, coolest thing in a long time. People listening to us. Next to you. Oh, me or them? Me. You. You're cool too. Yeah. Cool. There's a bunch of cools just hanging out. This is all yeah. cool. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.